You are listening to the BFR University Podcast with your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. BFR University is dedicated to helping people learn safe and effective ways to implement blood flow restriction training into their lives. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ed LaCara. In this episode of BFR University, Dr. LaCara talks with Dr. Nick Colosi from Smart Tools based out of Cleveland, Ohio, about the new generation of smart cuffs. What's happening, guys? Welcome to BFR Tuesday. Today is, unbelievably, May 25th, 2021. And I got a special treat for you today. I've got the CEO of Smart Tools and the originator of Smart Cuffs, Nick Colosi is going to be joining me today. And we're going to just kind of chat about the process of what's been going on the last four or five years with BFR, with the Smart Cuffs, which has now entered into the third generation. If you have any questions, which is usually how I start these sessions, just um, type it into the message in the chat. So I'm going to just say hello from Dallas, rainy, dreary Dallas, Texas. What's up, Nicolosi? What's going How's on? It's happening. Just living the dream out here. It's just, it's freezing and cold and rainy when it's supposed to be hot and humid and muggy. So I don't know what's happening. In Texas? In Texas, Dallas, Texas. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's like a, uh, I don't know what's, what's cold going on. though. What's, what's, that? Considered, what's considered cold? Oh, that's a good point. Coming from somebody in Ohio, yeah. it's probably 80 degrees. <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah, it's like 85 here today, and I'm dying. Like, it is really hot. Yeah. Um, well, we get the humidity, too. Well, you guys do, too. Absolutely, we do. Not as bad as South Texas, but we, we get it yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. All right. So, well, thanks for joining me today. I'm uh, going to first take any questions from anybody before we kind of dive in. So if anybody has any questions uh, that they would like answered around BFR, it's usually how I start these Tuesdays. And of course, we will repost this um, on my YouTube channel. Uh, probably takes me a couple days to get that uploaded and transcribed and all that stuff. So if you have any questions, just go into the chat section and ask me that question. And um, I'll answer this. Thomas. Hello, Thomas. Uh, what do I lose by not being able to get to the next exercise within one minute? You're, you're not going to lose a ton. You, you, what you're trying to do is when I use the cuff on my limb, remember, we're inflating it to a point where we're no longer getting any venous return past that, and we're getting limited arterial flow in. When we're exercising, metabolites are building up distal, meaning below the cuff. When we release the pressure, those metabolites can kind of escape and get into the body. And what we're trying to do is get an accumulation effect of fatigue peripherally, meaning in the, in the limb. So as long as it's not like 10 minutes, you'll have a little diminishing return. It is better to try to fatigue it, pre-fatigue it as much as you can. Uh, but don't worry about it. It's not exactly 60 seconds. Other thing too, is that you don't have to just take a 30 second rest. It's what's, what's what I recommend. 
but if you, you can take up to a minute rest in between, in between those sets. So if I do 30 reps on my first set, and then I take a little 30 second rest, you can take up to a minute there if it's fatiguing you so much that you can't get that other 15 reps on the next set. So not losing a ton, but you do want to progress as fast as you can to the next uh, exercise. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it takes a little time. So what you're going to do is you're going to deflate uh, one cuff, deflate the other cuff, and then reinflate left and right. And by the time you get those reinflated, um, you'll be ready to go. You're just really trying to reduce the pressure and allow blood flow back into the limb. Hopefully that helps. This is also my lunch break between patients. So it's like I'm trying to grab a little, a little food, a little nourishment to get me through the afternoon. All right. If we don't have any other questions, I really want to thank Dr. Colosi. We forget that. Yes. He went to school and took on lots of debt, just like the rest of us, um, to get the title. So, yeah. um, but you know, it's, what's interesting is what year did you graduate? Uh, 2013. So, okay. so 2013. eight years ago. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of people know, how did you just kind of talk to us a little bit of how did you get into developing and starting to develop health and fitness tools Sure. Um, during school, like what happened? Yeah. So my undergrad is actually in exercise phys. So I always, you know, had an interest in human physiology, exercise and things like that and biology and all that. So I, I you know, that, that's what I really enjoyed. So when I went to chiropractic school, um, I really wanted to help people and this and that, just like everybody else does when they go to chiropractic school, they want to help you know, elderly athletes or whatever, I really wanted to get into sport and athletes and things like that. So um, I started my, my third year of chiropractic school. Um, you know, I was introduced to grass and tools and they're super expensive, $2,000, you know, hunk of metal basically. Um, and I just, I, was, I loved them. I, I got really good results with them. I had um, a golfer's uh, elbow. Um, so that was really painful and I couldn't work out. I couldn't really do anything that I enjoyed doing from a um, fitness standpoint. So I uh, kind of made my own. Uh, my family's been in the steel business uh, since the seventies. So we're like, Hey, let's, let's make some tools. So that's kind of that, how, that's how that all started. Um, and that was in 2014 is when we initially launched the company incorporated rather. Um, and then I was kind of doing that and practicing at the same time. I was kind of, treading water and both, um, not really doing anything. So, <laughs> so in 2015, I just went full on in uh, with smart tools and, uh, then we got rock and rolling in 2016 with education, uh, 20 late 2017, early 2018 is when Ed introduced me to blood flow restriction training. And I was like, okay, let me try it out. Um, I think there was only one product on the market that was inflatable at that point. Um, and I, I loved it. It was great. Um, I was like this product, it was like a couple hundred bucks, but I was like, this needs a lot of work. Like this was nothing more than a blood pressure cuff with a very primitive air valve on it. I was like, there has to be a better way to do this. Um, you know, the, 
at that time, you're the, the hand pump was actually connected to it the entire time. So you had to put the hand pump in your pocket. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was kind of a joke. Um, so I hated that, but you know, it was a good workout. So I was like, okay, um, let's see what we can do. And then another product came out where you can uh, detach it, um, you know, detachable air valve. Um, but the bladder system was really poor. So we decided to jump in with this. I saw that it could help a lot of people. The research was solid on it then. I mean, it's even more so now. But I mean, how much research was back then, 2018, three years ago? I remember thousand or something. Well, like that? I got I got turned on to BFR when my buddy Skylar Richards, who was at FC Dallas at the time, the MLS soccer team here in Dallas, and he's like, I know you're this geeky guy that loves the science and stuff. You should check out this BFR. And when I looked. Um, I think that there were something like 820 studies, uh, looking at safety, looking at efficacy, looking at validity, um, really at that time, looking at how to use it and how to use it safely and making sure that we weren't doing things that were harmful. Yeah. And now we're way over a thousand, you know, in our level one and level two class and courses, I would say we have it's not just BFR because we have to extrapolate from regular physiology as well and strength and conditioning. So there's well over 1100 studies that are kind of involved in what kind of comes into when we say like we recommend doing 30, 15, 15, 15 reps, like there's a lot behind that. Um, and it's kind of the, but there's a lot of studies just as a, not to go off on too much of a tangent. There's a lot of studies, like a lot. And back then it was, a lot of studies and that's what got me so like just whoa like this is crazy because i had done work for companies like trx and i had done work uh with you with instrument assisted and i had done work with um taping companies and other companies and really what you had to do was you had to kind of make this research fit around your product because those products weren't really pushing out research And so when I discovered BFR, I was like, whoa, there's all this research already done. Um, It's already validating its use and safety. Uh, This is amazing. Like, and then starting to use it in the clinic with my patients and getting results that were two, three, four times faster um, is really what kind of pushed me, you know, over the edge. But um, yeah, I mean, there was nothing on ISTM. I remember it was, there's very little, uh, anything decent uh, studies on it. So yeah, when we saw BFR, we saw a really good opportunity um, to help a lot of people. So we uh, dove headfirst into it. Uh, the Gen 1 uh, in 2018, I think, lasted all of three months. <laughs> yeah, that was a big fail. It was not great. And, and yeah. we quickly recognized that. And we got to start on Gen 2. You know, it um, the Gen 2 is really – we kind of took the next step – in the fact that we were able to measure limb occlusion pressure. The gen, gen one could not measure limb occlusion pressure and do personalized pressures for a given limb. So the gen two really gave us the ability to do that in an affordable way. Cause at the time, I mean, the only the option was a $6,000 unit um, that most people couldn't afford. Um, so we were just like, yeah, this is 1500 bucks for what, 10 cuffs, a hand pump and a Doppler. I mean, it's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Doing what you can do. Um, you know, obviously there's drawbacks. Um, it can be difficult to use a handheld Doppler. It's very time consuming at times if you're not trained on it. Uh, consistency was a big problem. People that took our courses can use it 
pretty much no problem. But clinics, not all they got trained. They, they may have taken BFR training from another company or a different source, and they weren't getting consistent results because their their people weren't trained. And there's, yeah. I mean, there's 38,000 PT clinics in the U.S. and 200,000 PTs. So we were only able to train so much. So that's what really set the Gen 3 in motion about two years ago, I think we started. Yeah, end of 2018, beginning of 2019 is when we really started to put pen to paper um, in regards to the Gen 3 um, design and engineering, um, which, I mean, it, it was uh, launching a product mid mid pandemic uh was no easy task especially since this our this is our first electronic device so um we learned a lot um and it didn't help that there was a pandemic because a lot of factories over in china were shut down and most of the world gets their electronic uh, components from china so um it was the wild wild west in regarding to securing and allocating uh, the electronic components for our circuit board and all the other hardware that's needed for the Gen 3. Um, I mean, there's about 90 components on the board, um, on the board alone. So you would have to source all those plus, you know, all the other parts. So it was, um, you know, and then getting, you know, making sure our calibration was right and making sure we can uh, get that validated and make sure it's accurate and all these things. It was, it was a lot of work. So, um, you know, I went through two different engineering teams. So um, finally settled on very, a very good, very reliable engineering team um, that's behind me, that's helping me out through the process. Um, and they're just doing a wonderful job. And I can't, um, I'm really happy with the way the product is where it is now. You know, we've shipped out, gosh, we're coming up on 2,000 orders. Um, you know, so it's really, really happy about that. And people are really enjoying them. Um, so it's uh, both from the consumer side and the clinical. Um, a lot of clinicians are telling their patients, hey, go buy this. Here's a discount code. Go buy it um, from them and use it at home for your at-home rehab. And that's where we really see uh, the future of this is where this is going um, to help people. Sure. Yeah, I think also for, you know, for us when we met, there wasn't – there really wasn't a lot of educational opportunities for BFR. Like you had to, you know, the, the, there was one company that was doing a lot of trainings. Remember it was really expensive for a one day training. Um, you had to be a clinician. You couldn't be a strength coach. Uh, you couldn't be a consumer to purchase the cuffs. Um, it was very limiting on who they would allow to take the trainings and stuff. And, I remember you and I being in Australia talking about this, being like, that's not right. If, if the product is truly safe, why are we limiting who can use it? I mean, that's just exactly. I mean, it's not, it's not it. And then to have such a high price point is really when I think we decided after we messed around for a couple of weeks being in, I think we were in Dubai for a week and then we were in Australia for a week or two. And we're just like really deciding if we wanted to do this or not. It was just like, this is this is technology that really needs to be brought to the masses. There's a lot of people that can utilize the technology. And really, you know, we weren't at the point where we could make it easy and safe for people to utilize. But really, that was the goal of Gen 3, which was to make it so that 
it's advanced enough with our pro model to be used in a clinic. Um, and then you have the Gen 3, which is what we would consider like the consumer model, a little simpler, a little less bells and whistles, uh, but has a bunch of safety, um, safety systems put in place to uh, make sure that people are still getting an effective workout, but, uh, but being safe. Any, any comments on that? Yeah. I mean, simplicity, that was the goal from the start with this because we were looking at other electronics, um, electronic BFR systems on the market at that time. And they were incredibly confusing. Like you shouldn't need a class just to know how to set up the, the unit. You really shouldn't. And that's why I designed it to be simple as possible. You, you get the home screen says start exercise, choose the limb you're exercising, and then what pressures you want to do. And then yeah. it does the rest. And then it tells you when to disconnect or auto-regulate. That's it. I mean, it's four steps, five steps. Yeah. And the auto regulation, of course, with the pro version only, which means that the pump stays connected. So you have the flexibility of having the pumps stay connected or you can take them off. Because um, if I'm an athletic trainer working with rehab on a sideline or on the sideline of a practice, I don't know if I want my athlete running around with a couple, you know, a couple pumps um, connected to them. Instead, we can detach them and let them do their rehab. Mm -hmm. um, so those things you know, don't either disappear or broken or uh, whatever. Yeah. The auto-regulation really is for that, either that deconditioned patient that isn't used to working out or exercising um, or that's sensitive. You're going to have those patients. Um, mm -hmm. and obviously, I know you probably talked about it here on before, but always start on the low end as far as LOPs. Don't jump to 80% LOP in the leg or 50% LOP in the arm. You want to undercook these patients before you overcook them. Yeah. Uh, and then adding that auto-regulation feature really blunts that concentric muscle pressure spike in the beginning. Because when your muscle contracts, obviously, it's pushing against uh, the cuff and it's going to jump the pressure up in the cuff. So that auto-regulation tones that down so it's more comfortable for the patient. Um, and, and, and another thing, too, with auto-regulation, auto-regulation can be a lot of different things. Um, the uh, Another unit on the market, I think, actually two other units on the market that auto-regulate, they auto-regulate to one to two millimeters of mercury of pressure. Pretty much it's constantly adding air and subtracting air. And I thought that was really silly because, well, for starters, the one unit's designed for the operating room, so you kind of have to because the patient's unconscious. Um, but this is strictly designed for BFR in movement. So we kept the auto-regulation in an LOP range. So we know that 50 to 80% for the legs effective, so the auto-regulation keeps it within that range, um, and it will add and subtract air as it sees fit. Um, and then obviously in the arm, it's 30 to 50. So a lot of times people are like, well, it's not auto-regulating to each millimeter of mercury pressure. I'm like, well, yeah, because that's not designed to do that. It's designed to keep it in the, the evidence-based effective range of LOP. Yeah. And, and you know, what we're learning as we get more and more research coming out is that it, higher pressures are not necessarily, you know, better. It's keeping it within the range. It's getting the tissue tired or fatigued. Um, it's maintaining the metabolite accumulation distal to the cuff. So the pressures need to be high enough so you're not losing metabolites because that's what's helping contribute to type 1 fatigue and allowing you to tap into type 2 uh, muscle fibers, which we typically don't do with light loads. 
and there's a lot of things going on that we don't even know about yet. Like there's, we don't exactly know uh, the mechanisms more than likely. It's a combination of multiple mechanisms that are really contributing to the early adaptation that we see. Um, and, you know, more and more research that's coming out will help us fine tune these programs and fine tune our recommendations. Um, but and different ways to do BFR. You know, there's ischemic preconditioning now, and then there's intermittent BFR, continuous BFR. Um, there's so many, you know, there's different things coming out in the research. So we want to be up to date on that and update our products as, you know, as the research comes out. So the customers are getting the most evidence-based, safe, and effective product that they can get. Yeah, for sure. And uh, patients have been loving it. Been, um, you know, it's... Um, Instead of my rehab taking 12 to 16 weeks, you know, it might take somewhere between two and six weeks. And um, the new cups are so easy. I don't have to worry about having to establish limb occlusion pressure for them every 40, 30 or 40 days. They can, they can just, you know, run with the consumer model and, um, and they can do their home exercise program at home with not a ton of equipment. I mean, you can see behind me the equipment that I have for my clinic. Um, it's not a ton. It's a lot of resistance bands. It's dumbbells up to like 20 pounds. Um, and that's really all I need. I don't need a ton with BFR. Whereas, you know, when I didn't have BFR, I was like, I really felt like I needed much more weight, much more space. Um, but I can get you pretty tired and pretty worn out uh, pretty quickly. I'm using BFR with very, very light loads. TRX suspension trainer and like max 10 pound dumbbell. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really what you need. Yeah. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your thought process around the difference in the cuffs themselves. We've talked a lot about the pump. Yeah. You, you also made um, what I feel like is a lot of nice upgrades to the cuffs themselves. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. One big upgrade that we, we did, and you probably will notice it on the website is we put a, a, a rubber shroud over top of the air valve that's on the cuff. Um, yeah. Ed, you have one actually. I had a bunch in my office. I don't know where the hell they went. Yeah. So yeah. That. So cover. yeah. So that cover, um, what we were finding is that people, you're supposed to lubricate that O-ring on there. There's a black O-ring on the valve and that's made of rubber and that will dry out over time, especially if you're washing it, hand washing in soap and water, or you're just cleaning it a lot, it will dry out. So, you know, add a little Vaseline to that O-ring and then you're good to go for two or three months, you know, just every quarter do that. Um, but people weren't doing it. So it was having a tough time connecting to the hose. So what people were doing is they were just jamming that in there and it was lifting it. And in the process, it would basically rip the valve out. It would break the seal on the valve to the cuff and it caused leaks. So what we wanted to do was to prevent that. You know, we can't prevent them not, you know, lubricating the O-ring. But what we can do is fortify the valve in case that they don't, uh, in case they don't lubricate the O-ring. So... Uh, put that shroud on there. It really keeps it sturdy. It won't go up. Uh, it keeps it, you know, where, where it should be. Um, is it foolproof? No, but it definitely reduces the amount of leaks that we've been having. Um, today we haven't had any leaks yet, um, with our coughs. So, yeah. um, and we got about 3000, we got about 8,000 out there right now, somewhere around there. 
Yeah, um, and also you you took away a lot of that stiffness in there, um, which makes them much yeah. more comfortable, in my opinion, a little bit more uh, flexibility through it, yet still being able to get limb occlusion pressure, which I thought has been a, um, a really welcome, much more comfortable experience. Yeah, customer, it was customer feedback, patient feedback. They felt it was more comfortable, less restrictive, um, yeah. especially for the arm, uh, especially for the arm. Yeah. Expensive there. It's a tighter, tighter spot. We made the cuffs more narrow for the arm. Um, so it doesn't impinge on the bicep as much. People have really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it's still wide enough to find LOP. Um, so yeah, people really enjoyed that. We removed the internal stiffener, but we also, what we did with the bladder is we made a, it's a hybrid urethane nylon bladder. So the urethane, what it does is when you inflate it, it's more uniform around the limb when you inflate it. Because if it's nylon or like a regular blood pressure cuff that you see at like the drugstore or whatever, it inflates and there will be like little divots. It'll be like triangles, basically. It inflates as a triangle. Mm -hmm. um, so this kind of reduces that in a way. Um, it, it really helps from the comfort level, but also from a uniformity of pressure. Yeah, because you want pressure to be kind of equally distributed along the width of the cuff as much as possible because we don't want it to be directly over a small area, just if we think back to our physics, um, you know, smaller surface area with higher pressures mean there's gonna be more pressure directly underneath that smaller surface area. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're always concerned, um, you know, about limiting any chance of nerve damage or muscle damage underneath the cuff or vascular damage. And so we've always been big believers on using wider cuffs and the definition of a wide cuff is something five centimeters or larger uh, versus using a more narrow cuff. Um, one, because they're more comfortable. Number two is because in order to achieve limb occlusion pressure, you need less pressure. Um, and we just feel like that they're safer and more comfortable. And, um, and so, but I, I think that limited reducing that small size cuff for the arm has been a um, really welcome really welcome surprise. And also limiting, going from five cuffs to just three sizes, I think has been really nice. Yeah, um, I mean, up, you can yeah. see mine are hanging up, hanging up here. And when I had, you know, 10 cuffs hanging up there, it was like kind of a lot, they were falling all over the place. But, you know, six seems to be much more reasonable from a space standpoint. Um, yeah. Sizes, people, people are like, I never use the five or I never use the one. I'm always using the two, threes and fours. Yeah. So yeah, I was just like, okay, yeah, maybe we should consolidate it and make hybrids. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, if you used the two before, you'll use a one. Um, you'll use a small. If you use a one before, you'd use a small now. Um, yeah. Use a three. That's a medium, and then four and five is a large. So, right. um, you know, the large is still will still fit the big guys. You know, your big athletes. If you guys you know train any, um, and then the small will still fit your smallest patient. So, yeah. Yeah, just more convenient having less, less, less is more a lot of times. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. The other thing I wanted to mention, um, oh, I wanted to ask you about, I thought people would be interested in, where do you feel like the limitations are right now with, um, with the product? Like what's, what's next? Yeah, I mean, any, even new products have limitations, right? So anytime. Every product has a limitation. Every product has limitations. Apple's making probably an iPhone right now and they're like, yeah, we can't do that now, but maybe next year, right? So yeah. always going to be what's next. How can we improve? Um, what's the pay, what's the customer feedback? That's the number one thing. 
customer feedback is the best because sure. I don't have to write a survey. They're giving me their honest opinion and it's like unsolicited. They're just telling me, hey, this is how I wanted to use it. And that's the best. So I feel the next progression should be an app-based product um, that has all the videos on there, has more instruction, more guidance. Um, yeah. You can be, be more flexible with continuous and, and, and intermittent BFR and, you know, do all these other things. Uh, so that is kind of what, you know, we feel would be the next step when that is, I'm not sure. Um, you know, we're, we're real focused right now on the gen three, but yeah, the gen four definitely is coming. It's just a matter of when it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. Yeah. But I mean, I think we, I think what we should say is we just got Gen three out, and so <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, like, it's going to be a, yeah probably Multiple you know years. a couple of years before yeah. the next one comes out. Developing products is not yeah. an overnight thing. This is two years in the making to get where we are now at the Gen three. So sure. um, we just always have to look you know two steps ahead. Um, but yeah, I mean the Gen three it solves a lot of problems of the current products that are out on the market, um, sure. and to include it. Um, so it's all yep. problems, um, makes things easier for people. And that's pretty much what we want out of our electronics. We want our life easier, not harder, right. um, or less complicated. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's one product out there from France. It is like $8,000 and it was like, takes 10 minutes to set up, calibrate, set up. It's crazy. It's large. It's pretty large too, right? Yeah. It's about the size of like a backpack duffel bag yeah. um yeah the ours is you know we wanted to make something that's portable lithium yeah. battery you know it's you can take it on the field you can take it on to the hotel room or you know wherever you shouldn't have to be limited to where the next electrical outlet is right and, and let's be honest like that's also an eight thousand dollar unit um the other one that does auto regulation is a six thousand for a single cuff unit sure. The same thing we did with instrument-assisted soft tissue with the tools, the same thing we've done with BFR up to this point is we've tried to keep it affordable so everybody, anybody can utilize the technology and it's not limited to professional teams and unlimited budget, um, you know, universities and things. And so being able to keep it affordable, small, detachable has limitations. Like, you know, we need some technology to catch up with the battery, like, you know, you, it's not like you have this unlimited battery that you can just, you know, there's, there's manufacturing limitations with our current technology and, and over time that will get better, of course. Um, sure. I mean, yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, and I think you hit nail on head. We want to make things affordable and that everybody can use it because it can benefit a lot of people and it shouldn't be just, Oh, you only for the people that can afford this, you know, that can afford the Bentley can only drive cars. Right. Right. Like that right. makes sense. <laughs> so and it's evidence based. It's in the scope of practice for, you know, physical therapists or any physician. So it just made so much sense uh, to go this route. And uh, we want to keep making it affordable for people um, and make their lives easier. For sure. And I think uh, the other cool thing that I really like, is how you made the firm upware, uh, firm updates, firmware updates being able to be done Wi-Fi, so that way we can make these small changes over time. People don't have to send the unit back in, or you don't have to send out a USB stick. 
we can just do it over. And I, and I do recommend for people. Um, so what I tell them is, uh, you know, about every, every month or so, is that about right? Every month we were doing it about every week before right now, we'll probably do it every month or two. Um, we're pushing an update next week. Um, it's very minor. Um, you, you probably won't even notice it. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's just some verbiage. I mean, that's, I mean, the calibration is a calibration. We're not going to mess with that. Sure. Um, that was what we were updating a lot in the beginning. Uh, we went through different, several different calibration methods. Um, it's a lot more complicated <laughs> than I ever thought it would be. Um, yeah. uh, noise filtering and all those other things. And it, it's, it'll blow your mind how you think it's such a simple device. It could not be further from the truth. I know. No, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to the, the boards and there's a lot to the screens and there's a lot to the battery and there's a lot to the firmware and the engineering behind it. Yeah. Um, I think you blew it out of the, out of the water. I mean, I think that yeah. this has exceeded my expectation. I think it's exceeding everybody else's expectation is well worth the wait mm -hmm. of all the, you know, problems that we had in, over the last year. So um, I just want to congratulate you and just say like, you know, you, yeah, there's been no other company out there that has made three upgrades in the last five years. Like yeah. you're always looking to try to make it a better product, more affordable, um, better user friendly. I'm trying to develop better education that uses the research is not too jargony that people can easily understand that makes sense. Yet you don't have to be a PhD in order to understand it and read it. You can utilize it at home, safely and effectively. So we'll continue to keep doing all those things. Um, of course, we love getting feedback and it uh, doesn't mean that we can apply everything back to every recommendation because yeah. there's limitations upon limitations just in the back end that we don't even share. Mm -hmm. um, but we try to do our best and we kind of write it down and we just, we look for, you know, changes for the uh, next gen, which, you know, probably be in a couple of years, I'm guessing. Yeah, you know, if our product is the same on the website after three years and I failed, I mean, right. as simple as that. Um, I mean, short of us coming out with a different product, but you know what I mean. Um, I mean, there's only so much you can do with ISDN tools, it's steel. <laughs> but as far as electronics go, if it's not updated every two, three years, you know, then I failed. So we're going to keep updating, uh, keep getting pay, uh, customer feedback, patient feedback. Um, you know, and, you know, we're not just, uh, you know, we're, we're very popular. Sure. Athletes love us, you know, professional athletes. It's not just, they don't want to use the expensive unit because it just doesn't fit their needs. It was just, they were yeah. using it because that's what all is available to them. Sure. Uh, no other option. Um, LeBron's been using our cuff religiously for the past six months. Oh, name dropping already. Oh, I think you're gone. <laughs> I'm gone? kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I mean, no, I made him because I'm from Cleveland and he left us, but he did win us a championship, so I can't can't hate him too much. No, um, and he, he does, does a lot of good. He does a lot of good around the uh, community and stuff. He too. does. He does. Yeah, he does. All right. Well, I'm out of time. I got to go to lunch. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I think yeah. uh, it was cool to just get a little bit of background about the new product. Absolutely. I've been trying to put out a lot of information recently about the new product and how to utilize it. We have a lot of new live classes coming. Um, I will be having um, a live, but virtual. So I'll be teaching uh, from the computer, uh, level one in June and our level two course, which is uh, really for performance-based BFR, meaning you're not doing rehab. You're not, it's not the basic, simple 
setup and use. It's more advanced type training that's going to be in July, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I think I've decided like 7 p.m. to 8.30, um, but like six days. So we're going to cut it short. I got lots of people saying like, don't do a big eight-hour day. Do it in big little pieces. If I can't make it, I can go back uh, to the video recording and watch what I missed. So we'll be we'll be uh, releasing more and more education um, uh, so that people can utilize it safely and effectively. And um, and then of course, I just got my book to the editor. So uh, Dr. LeCaro's approach to BFR uh, will be coming out, it looks like by July 1st, hopefully we'll be starting to put out some um, pre-orders for that book, probably in the next week or so. Um, and um, I'm posting everything on bfruniversity.com. So, Dr. Colosi, Nicholas, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, we're absolutely. live courses every day, so keep checking the website for those live courses. Awesome. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome, guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thanks, you guys, so much for joining me on BFR Tuesday. If you haven't done so yet, please go to... Uh, pfruniversity.com and you can register for my bi-weekly newsletter. You can go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. And I post stuff uh, as much as I can in between patients um, about BFR programming and education. And there's links all over the place for live training, virtual training. We keep the cost very, very affordable. Um, I think I got the question uh, from Thomas is the cost. I think the level one is I think we have it that level one virtual is right around $300 um, for the for all the sessions. Um, if you're a physical therapist or chiropractor or strength coach, you can get continuing education with those. But everybody's welcome. So we're all inclusive. So thanks so much. I will talk to you guys next week. And um, this will be getting turned into a podcast, which will be under BFR University, under iTunes, and um, I'm hoping Spotify and Google Play. Uh, we haven't released any yet, but they'll be coming very shortly. So thank you so much for joining, and I will see you next week. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about. It's not good podcasting, but I will, uh, I will figure it out. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon.